And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilton. And I'm Steffi Barnett. This week we go wrestling. Ooh. <laughs> Watch your blood pressure, Andy. Uh, sorry, concentrate. Uh, what else is on the show? Queer Street looks at Aeon de Beaumont. Oh, okay. Uh, all that and more right here today on Shout Out. Hello, Terry. Hello. How are you, mate? I'm all right, thank you. Yes. That was an Much, awful lot of bums. Well, <laughs> well, it's a, it, it story is, of my life. It, it is a new year, so new year, new start. Indeed. All that. Yeah. Yes, twenty twenty two. Yeah, I can't believe that already. Yeah. 2022, and it's freezing as well. It's like lovely and sunny this morning, and uh, yeah, no, it's um, it is chilly. It's very yeah, chilly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It was minus four at five o'clock this morning. Mm. Ouch! So I'm not going to sure. ask what you do at minus four, uh, minus four um, this morning. <laughs> five o'clock this down morning. the M4 to Heathrow. <laughs> yeah, why was it minus four then? You have the heat on. Uh, it was um, well. I was actually in a, a warm cocoon called an automobile. <laughs> but, uh, oh, no, no broomstick then. Oh, no, I only use that on special occasions, Andy. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. a bit cold on a broomstick this morning, I think. Well, actually, I have he- heated bristles. Heated oh. bristles. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I know I know that on motorbikes you can get heated handles. You can do, yes. You yeah. can. Yeah. Heated gloves and all sorts of accessories so. to keep you warm. Mm, heated chairs in cars. Well, we are yes. talking absolute rubbish, aren't we? <laughs> we are. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, what about that cake? <laughs> what about that cake? Oh, the um, you're on about the one that's in the news, aren't you? Yeah, the one in um, the... Uh, the uh, Ireland mm. uh, case that went to court and went to the European Court of Human Rights and got was, thrown back because of a technicality. Inadmissible, yes. Yes. Yeah. Was it li- they literally said it was inadmissible, did they? Well, only on yes, a technicality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have to go back to the UK courts because they haven't exhausted um, the, the UK law yet and then they can go back to the European Court of Human Rights after they've done that. Right. Oh. Oh. So the saga well. continues. Uh, uh, meanwhile, all the lawyers uh, get very rich. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh. yeah. And the cake gets stale. Mm. <laughs> it depends whether the cake has actually been produced. Well, I don't think it was, was it? No, I think that, that, I, was, that, was, that was the point. That was the whole point, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, 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 is no, there is no cake to get stale or to not get eaten. Yeah. No, but for, for listeners, if, if, you, if you're not aware, this, this, I think it dates back to like, is it 2014? I think it... It goes yeah. back to when um, um, a, a chap called, I'm just trying to see if I can find his name, Gareth Lee, uh, tried to buy um, a cake from a bakery over in uh, Ireland and they refused to make it for him because um, it, it was an LGBT celebration cake, wasn't it? And, and they didn't want to make it because they well, said Well, it was um, what the... the, the um, Sport gay marriage. Well, yeah, they, they, they were saying it was a political statement and um, if it was just a couple of uh, names getting married, then there wouldn't have been an issue. Mm. Yeah, it was um, it was a picture of Sesame Street's Bert and Ernie alongside the slogan "Support Gay Marriage." There you go. Yep. Ah. 
Um, is it is this uh, Northern Ireland or is this Southern Ireland? North. North. Yeah, North. I was just going to say because I, I was just thinking if it's if it's under UK law, it should be Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Belfast based yes. the bakery. Belfast based bakery. God, I'm glad I'm not a new feeder. That'd be a real tongue twister. <laughs> yes. So, and we had some sad news as well, didn't we, this week? We did. If you're referring to the death of mm. uh, Peggy, uh, Hancock, lo- lovely one Peggy, of the great mm. uh, scene icons in in Bristol's gay community, dating back seventy years. You know, she's uh, yeah, passed her. away this this uh, last week. Yes. We interviewed yeah, her many what? years ago. Um, yeah, what a and, life! And if, if if you recall, it uh, it was so good it was a pre-record because it was one of the most bleaked interviews we've yes. ever recorded. <laughs> Bless her, she was lovely. Um, but yeah, she did swear like a trooper. Yeah, she yes. she does she does have a te- uh, did have a tendency to do that. I know when I was involved in Out Stories Bristol. Um, it was very interesting when she was being interviewed or uh, doing anything with the press that we we had her involved with. So. Mm. Yeah, good fun though, and will be sadly missed by a lot of people. Yeah, a bit of a shame. So, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, more about in the news. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. that's which is coming Absolutely. up next, actually. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, get get your new stories ready. Uh, we'll, we're going to have a quick song. We're back in a minute. Stay with us. <laughs> Shout out LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. There you go. Uh, been hurt so long. So long. So. Hello, Ez. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. It's nearly Saturday, is yeah. it not? Yeah. With the magic that is the internet. Is Terry back with us yet? Are you there, Terry? That's really weird. Oh, I've, got, I've got him connected, but but he's not... Ooh. Not not answering at all. Ez, are you up for doing the ah. news? <laughs> um, uh, it's a very, very long news, but I will give it my bestest shot. And I'm, I, uh, yeah, I'll scan it as I go because I am professional. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like a medal. Your, be- you. your, your best Radio 4 voice, please. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. I, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll go with ra- <laughs> Hello. I'll go with Hello. Radio 4. Oh, there we go. Terry. Oh, yeah. three. Hello. Hello, sure Terry. Calling there. Terry. <laughs> calling Terry Star. Oh, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Good. You I'm should be sure banging your mic now. now and be professional, Terry. Keep banging your mic. Thank you. <laughs> That's what she said. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Sorry. Right, ser- serious faces on, people. Come on. Of professional. Brand, brand, brand new year. That's you me know. getting my voice ready. Yeah. So, right, here we go. This is Shout Out News Headlines on Thursday, 6th of January 2022. The Bristol Out Stories project reports that scene legend and lifelong friend to LGBTQIA people in the West Country, Peggy Hancock, has passed away at the incredible age of 98. We are indebted to local gay historian Andy Foyle, who has charted her lively and fascinating life for posterity. 
Now, tributes have poured in from across the West Country gay community to a woman who took her first visit to a gay pub, the Radnor Hotel in St Nicholas Street, Bristol, in 1938 at the age of 15. By the middle 50s, Peggy was working at the Radnor Hotel herself and was both a confidant and grapevine for gay and bisexual men who frequented the establishment. Never judgmental, Peggy would advise gay men on the best cottages in the city and those most likely to be raided by the police. She told out stories ten years ago, Gays have made my life, they've cocooned me. When I've had tragedies, they protected me. And it is true that Peggy was held in enormous esteem by the Bristol gay community. She worked for a wide variety of LGBTQIA plus bars and establishments through the 60s and 70s. In recent years, she had often popped along to Gay West's legendary Rainbow Cafe in Bath. Andy Foyle notes that some of Peggy's life has already passed into the realm of legend. It is said that she knew Cary Grant and Rudolf Nureyev, but we cannot be sure. Peggy passed on at the very end of December, just a few days after Christmas. All of us who met her were touched by her friendship and love for the gay community, and we wish her many camp and outrageous times as she joins the realm of our gay ancestors. Tributes have been paid to LGBTQIA plus ally Betty White, who has passed on at the age of 99. Wikipedia notes her activism for gay rights and animal welfare, amongst other issues. White enjoyed a career from the early days of US television, hosting live broadcasts on KFWB and KCOP television channels in LA from 1952, six days a week. From 1954, she started her own daily talk and variety programme called The Betty White Show. Her inclusion of Arthur Duncan, an African-American performer, frightened stations in the racist Bible Belt states of the South, and they asked White to drop Duncan. Her response was, I'm sorry, live with it. Miss White was friends with other important women in early American television, such as Lucille Ball and Mary Taylor Moore. After many years as a television actress, quiz show guest and host of many programmes, White was cast in the role... Sorry. White was cast in the role for which she is best loved, that of naive Rose Nyland in The Golden Girls, a sitcom following life of four house-sharing older women in Florida. The programme ran from 1995 sorry, 1985 until 1995 and was screened in the UK by Channel 4 and S4C. Plans were already well advanced for White's 100th birthday celebrations in the media when her passing was announced on 31st of December. Tributes came in from a wide variety of media and political figures, including US President Joe Biden and Ellen DeGeneres. On the subject of gay rights, White had been an ally for decades. She remarked, if a couple has been together all that time and there are gay relationships that are more solid than some heterosexual ones, I think it's fine if they want to get married. I don't know how people can get so anti-something, so mind your own business, take care of your affairs and don't worry about other people so much. Well said, Betty. Gay radio and television presenter Gary Burgess has been remembered by many colleagues and friends after he passed on during New Year's Day during a two year, following a two-year battle with cancer. RCS Media website reported that he worked at Radio Wave in Blackpool, Wire FM in Warrington, Q96 in Renfrew, Island FM in Guernsey, the BBC and most recently Channel 103. He also worked at Juice FM in Liverpool and 
For ITV Television News, Gary married his partner Alan in 2018 after the authorities in Jersey introduced same-sex marriage. Gary left a message to be published following his passing. Amongst other things, it reads, It's time for me to hand over my microphone and keyboard for others to do the talking about me. So let my final words simply be thank you. Every person in my life has, in their own way, helps me live my best life. And that'll do. To read more tributes to Gary Burgess, head over to the website RCS Radio Today. One of the shout-out family of stations which broadcasts our programme each week has bid goodbye to one of its former presenters, DJ Ruby Fury, presented goth, punk and heavy metal music on our friends at Trans Radio UK up until 2020. Ruby passed on last week and Trans Radio UK said, We are shocked and saddened to hear the passing of DJ Ruby Fury. Ruby was an integral part of our team from the early days up until last year. Our thoughts and prayers go out to Ruby's family and friends. Rest in peace, Ruby. Now, the BBC News Channel reports that in a major reform, pardons are now to be extended to all LGBTQIA people who have criminal convictions for same-sex offences that are historic and have now been abolished. The Home Secretary said she hoped the revised scheme would go some way to righting the wrongs of the past. People will be able to apply for a formal pardon. The amendment will also enable those who have died prior to the amendment coming into force and within a year after the amendment to be posthumously pardoned. On the BBC News Channel, Carl Austin, a former Mr Gay UK and Mayor of Manchester, spoke of his experience at the hands of the military establishment when he was dismissed from the RAF in 1997 just for his sexuality. Anujima Radio in Bristol reports that the local HIV charity, the Brixstow Project, are developing a service that will assist HIV-positive people who are impacted by post-COVID-19 symptoms, sometimes referred to as long COVID, and full details about the new group are available at brixstow.org. The Children's Commissioner for England, Dame Rachel D'Souza, has told journalists that many young people would like to discuss the dangers of online pornography before they are given smartphones. The Metro newspaper says D'Souza's remarks came after the singer Billie Eilish described suffering nightmares after seeing abusive and extreme pornography online from the age of 11. Miss Eilish remarked that the experience, quote, destroyed my brain. The Guardian newspaper reports that the street where Oscar Wilde lived during the height of his fame, namely Tite Street in London's Kensington and Chelsea district, is now the most expensive street in the UK, beating last year's most priced Avenue Road to rank first in a survey for the Halifax Building Society. The average price of a house on the street is just under £30 million. Oscar Wilde lived at number 34 in the 1880s and 1890s, where he wrote The Picture of Dorian Gray and the Importance of Being Earnest. For these news stories in further detail and much, much more, do check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shout Out News, this has been Ezra Peregrine and Terry Stark. Shout Out News, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout Out, LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. There you go, uh, that's so good. Very topical there, Steph. Um, indeed, and I guess um, Jensen will be telling us whether it is nice to be hurt or not next. 
So uh, with that, uh, a very warm welcome to shout out to uh, the wrestler uh, Jensen Ryan. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks so much for joining us. We, we, we weren't quite sure we were going to get through the technical problems there, but we made it, which is good. So joy, joys of COVID and not being able to be in the studio. I but um, so Anyway, uh, for, for our listeners, um, give us a bit of background. Um, what type of wrestling do you do? And how did you get into it and that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. So it's, it's pro wrestling, so uh, the American star that you see on, uh, on TV. And uh, to be honest, I, I've always had a bit of an interest in it and uh, watching it from a childhood and going to shows in the local area. And I, I got to a stage where I thought, this like it could be fun, why not, why not give it a go? And uh, the rest, I guess, is history. So how, ma- how many years have you been doing it then? Not many, only about three so far, but uh, it, it's gone very quick. Wow, gosh. And, and of course, in a time of COVID as well. So, I mean, yeah. that must put a bit of a dampener on things. So, But um, how, how do you go about getting into it? Is it something you can... I mean, do you have to be quite fit in the first place? Do you have to, you know, if you're not fit, do you have to get fit before you start doing it? Or can anyone kind of, like, go and join in? I guess it depends on what level you want, want to take it. For If you want to go and do shows and, you know, in front of audiences, there has to be a certain level of fitness and the fact that you could be doing a lot of physical uh, activity for a good 20 minutes whilst trying to entertain an audience. So I think from that perspective, but actually, it, it, if you want to do it as a way to get fit or just as a, a bit of fun, something different for, you know, for, that, for fitness, really anybody can get involved. And we do get, when I go to training sessions each week, we get such a varying uh, different, uh, different types of people. Sure. Uh, so, so Steph could have a go then, basically, is what we're. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Jensen, um, what the, you hear about lots of sports and um, sportsmen um, unable to come out or feel they can't come out because yeah. of all the the kickbacks they're going to get. How have you found um, being gay in such a male-dominated and, and big butch and manly sport? Yeah, yeah, that's, it's a really good question. And being openly honest about it, when I was younger, I was kind of very nervous about even doing this for that very reason that I thought that people would be a little bit closed off to it. And, you know, I didn't want to get to the point where people were like, well, I don't want to go against him because, because of that. And uh, I guess for a while that, that, that kind of put me off. But I thought, well, let's just do it because if you don't, try you'll never know you don't give a go kind of thing yeah 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 and i went to the first session i was like oh i didn't say anything about it i just kind of bypassed any questions about it and it, it wasn't until i think it was like one of the um like coming out days that the actual training academy i i train at tweeted about it and i in support of it and i thought well actually maybe there is a bit of support and then since then i found there's quite a few wrestlers even in the big companies in america right through over here as well and i just thought well let's give it a go let's say it no one's ever questioned it (laughs) in fact everyone's been really really supportive of it and it's never even played a part of anything i've done so far so there is a lot of support out there a lot of people in the same position as me which is that's lovely to hear because of course um you know um the the whole thing about coming out and being in sports been a huge thing in the media for years we we still haven't had like a mainstream footballer for example um come out in in the uk although they have in other countries but but you've had no no issues at all no nothing honestly no one's ever said a single thing about it and i think that i've I've seen other people where you know that there has been comments made 
and most recently one of the, one of the big American companies someone in the audience made made a comment about one of the wrestlers there and right. the promoter which he did a fantastic the promoter chucked the guy out and banned him and said you're not coming back here again if you have that kind of behaviour and that's what you want you want people to go hang on a minute you, you can't be like that mm. it's 2022 it's not acceptable and fair play to the promoter who took action did the right thing so I'm going to ask you a question do you get hurt when you're doing it <laughs> everybody asks that yeah. Um, yeah yeah I mean it's, it's like any sport it's it's very physical you've got to you have to train for it and you know you can the stuff that I do I'm, I'm nowhere in any ways am I a, a, a muscly <laughs> person like you said earlier but um, <laughs> far from it probably what you, what you see on TV but I will do the kind of what we call flippy stuff the, in the air jumping around athletic stuff and so there is always a way that you could mistime something or you could land awkwardly. And to be honest with you, when I first did it, um, you, you have to fall a certain way on, on the wrestling ring. It's boards. It's just wooden boards, really, with a little bit of covering on it. So it does hurt. It takes a while. But by far the worst thing, I think, to learn to get hold of was the was going against the ropes. That That is... Oh, right. Okay. I thought, they, I thought they were there to kind of like stop you from falling out. They're not supposed to hurt you, surely. <laughs> yeah. so, they I was, are that as well. I was, I was having a read of you because we were watching some of your videos before um, yeah. as well. Oh, and right. you, do, you do fly around the place. <laughs> yeah. um, and then your website says you're, you've got energetic move sets including springboards, clotheslines, tornado DDTs yeah. uh, and flying crossbodies. Uh, what is a flying crossbody? Okay, so I do two variants of it, really. Um, one is that I'll, I'll come off the ropes. I, one way I'll do is I'll jump up on the middle of the ropes and jump from there onwards and use it as a springboard. And I will right. kind of go uh, horizontal and they'll be stood up and I'll land across them as such and knock them over. And it's a fairly easy move to do if you're doing it without the rope part of it. <laughs> but doing it from higher up... And it, you, if you look outside the ring, you realise just how high up you are. Um, but I'm one of these people who just thinks, look, just go for it. What's the worst that could happen? Well, probably quite so a lot, but I do when, it anyway. When we say flying cross body, we literally yeah. mean you're the body that is flying yeah. across somewhere. Then. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And you know, something like that is very easy to miss time. But uh, I just think, just go for it and just give it a, you know, see what happens. Yeah. So, so how often how often do you practice and train and, and and the like? Yeah, a lot. I mean, I do uh, two to three times a week normally, and on top of that, I'm uh, you know, always at the gym, things like that, trying to keep healthy and and fit. So, I think it's one of those things that if you're really passionate about it, you want to be committed to, and you you know you want to go as far as you can. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's physical, but good good way of burning calories. Cool. Um, now you've got some you've got some um, events coming up, I think, haven't you? Yes. If I saw on your website. Yeah. Hopefully, please. COVID Fingers crossed off. with COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's always uh, the so caveat, <laughs> isn't it? So many got cancelled last year. So hoping with the cases and things that things would be a bit lower, I'll be doing um, a, a show in in Haven in on uh, the sixth of March in for Quality Wrestling, who I train with, and that'll be with uh, as part of a tag team with my best friend, who also trains with me. And then I'll be going right up the other end of the country to, to Blackpool, in fact, in, in April to do a show for CWE, which is my first show for them. Amazing. So I should point out to listeners, um, 
Um, Jensen is down in Havant near um, Southampton. Yes. Um, it, we, we broadcast all over different places. Um, it's not quite one of the ones we do, but then you're also up north in Preston, aren't you? So, um, yes. Now, details uh, all on your website. Do you want to give out your address? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, it's jensenryan.com. So it's worth going and having a look. The videos are brilliant. You can, you can see oh, Jensen nice. flying around all, all, all over the place doing things that um, I can't wait to see Steph do one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's open challenge there. Yeah. <laughs> So, listen, Jess, it's been lovely talking to you. Um, I'm, I'm glad we managed to make it through uh, all, all the yes. technical things. And I, I have to say, I'm really, really happy to hear that um, it's a, another sport where there are no issues around being LGBT+. Plus. It's just absolutely yeah, brilliant yeah. to hear. Um, and uh, best of luck for um, um, the events you've got coming up. And, uh, um, and we'll have to catch up with you again uh, perhaps later on in the year. Yes, brilliant. Thanks very much. Cool. Uh, you're listening to Shout Out. Stay with us. We're back in a minute. The Shout Out Podcast. <laughs> There you go, that's uh, Tones and I and uh, Dance Monkey. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. Hello and welcome back to Quistery, a place where I bring you stories about the incredible, the influential and sometimes some unknown LGBTQIA people through history. Today I'm speaking to you about the very important and interesting gender fluid Chevalier d'Eon, also known as Lady Lear de Beaumont and their non-conformity in the 18th century. Two hundred years ago, there was a French soldier known by the name of Chevalier Dale, and her story is fascinating. She was a diplomat, soldier, spy, and someone who lived openly as a man in the first half of her life, and as a woman until her death. She provoked much interest during her own lifetime, with wages being made as to her true sex, and her life has remained a subject of fascination ever since. So, who exactly was the Chevalier Dale, aka Lady Lea de Beaumont? She was born Charles Genevieve Louis Auguste Andre Timothy Deon de Beaumont on October 5th, 1728, in Tonry, a city in central France. She came from a poor yet noble family and she excelled in school and moved to Paris in 1743 where she graduated in civil law and canon law. She was a highly intelligent person and became a prolific author. She became involved with the court and diplomatic services of Louis XV, operating as a spy and frequently in disguise. She later claimed that in 1755 she had attended a ball at Versailles, dressed as a woman, where, in the words of the DMB, after briefly revealing his masculinity, she seduced Madame de Pompadour. In 1756, Deon had joined Le Cicle de for King Louis to be a secret spy network which operated without the knowledge of government and on occasion contradicted official policy. This period of history is evoked in the heroic writings of Alexandre Dumont in The Three Musketeers. She was living on a lavish scale, entertaining important names such as Horace Walpole and David Hume, and spending her money on very rare books, manuscripts, fine clothes and many beautiful corsets. Between 1760 and 1762, she joined the French army and had a brief but dazzling military career against the Prussians. She then played a key role in negotiating the Peace of Paris in 1763, ending the Seven Years' War between France and Britain. After her time as a spy in a period as a French ambassador to Russia, 
Deon returned to France to become a captain of dragoons in the later stages of the Seven Year War, serving at the Battle of Willinghausen in July 1761. Deon was sent to London in 1763 to help draft the peace treaty that ended the conflict and was then awarded the Order of St. Louis, which, incredibly, is the equivalent to a knight in English. Despite this illustrious career, she fell foul of the French government after being posted to London in April 1763. Deon felt dishonoured when a new French ambassador arrived in London and demoted her. When recalled to France, she disobeyed orders and refused to leave. As leverage, she began publishing secret diplomatic correspondence. Deon was now essentially blackmailing the French government with this collection of embarrassing correspondence, some of which was penned by King Louis himself. Fearful of revealing further intel, Deon was paid off. The once celebrated soldier, diplomat and spy was now a political exile in a foreign land discarded by their own country. One legend about her clandestine adventure sees her being sent on a secret mission to conspire with Empress Elizabeth of Russia. To infiltrate the court and avoid detection, she assumed the identity of Lady Lear de Beaumont and served as a maid of honour to the Empress. However, she quarrelled with her French superiors, tried to blackmail the government by threatening to reveal official secrets and lost her French pension as a result. But she remained deeply loyal to the king himself, from whom she received a secret pension until Louis died in May 1774. Eventually, an agreement was reached that she could return to France if she handed over all her papers and also agreed to dress and live as a woman. Apparently, Marie Antoinette's dressmaker was to provide all her clothes, and it suggested that this was an attempt by the French government to control and disempower Deon, who refused and was actually imprisoned for appearing publicly in her military uniform. Her life was anything but uneventful up to this point, but would be nothing to what came next. From 1777, Deon began to live permanently as a woman. And finally, in 1785, she returned to England, where she owed a great deal of money and became embroiled in legal disputes. Although she was by now in her 60s, to generate income, she ended up giving fencing displays, dressed as a woman and in partnership with Mrs Bateman, an actress and female fencer. In 1904, she was briefly imprisoned for bankruptcy, and during this period she was lodging in Millman Street in London with a Mrs Mary Cole with whom she lived as a woman for 14 years. She died there in May 1810 and a post-mortem examination confirmed that her male organs were perfectly formed and this came as a great shock to Mrs Cole, who was apparently aware of her birth gender. She was buried in St Pancras Old Churchyard but sadly the grave is no longer there and as she has failed to sign the will which she had drawn up, her papers and all of her belongings were sold by Christie's back in 1813. There have been a number of biographies of her since her death and much debate as to the extent to which she embraced a female role and whether she may have been a man who enjoyed cross-dressing but was forced to permanently adopt a female identity against her will or whether she might have described herself today as trans. Either way, they are a fascinating person with an incredible story. She raises questions about the role of gender perceived gender roles and expectations in 18th century Europe indicating that perhaps a more open attitude about gender and sexual politics long preceded contemporary conversations about LGBTQI plus identities. Fortunately, numerous artistic depictions of her still exist in UK collections, including work by Thomas Stewart at the height of Deon's fame while living in Britain in 1792.
Previously misattributed to the artist Gilbert Stewart and believed to be an unknown middle-aged woman in 2012, the gallerist Philip Mould rediscovered the portrait and confirmed the sitter to be Chevalier Dale. This work is now housed in the National Portrait Gallery. And that brings this queer story to a close. I really hope you've enjoyed it and I'll be back again soon to talk to you about another incredible LGBTQIA plus person from history. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. I say it feels a bit like summer. It does. <laughs> does it? It's nice to cheer, to cheer us uh, up on a cold, dark evening. Uh, you'll be my that's a glorious rest of on that. Get my sunbed tomorrow, yeah. then I'll yeah. feel like I'm on holiday. Yeah, you need, need grass skirt. I've got one. So I was just say I've got visions of Ayrson in a grass skirt now, and and hula hooping, which we know you can do. That's the only way I hula hoop. One can't hula hoop without without a flashy skirt. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Terry does it without a skirt. <laughs> well, so I was just going to say, Gloria Estefan is is very popular within sort of eighties and nineties gay culture. A um, lot of her, lot of her is, tunes yeah. are very upbeat, and also obviously supported people from sort of Miami and, and sort of the north south sort of America mm. the that that area. So but yeah, she's she's very much a gay icon. Yeah. Um mind you her husband uh, is quite um he's quite tasty as well. Is he? Yes. <laughs> but yes. Behave uh, yourself, Andy H <laughs> yeah. Well I'm, I'm don't, still put, on the air. don't put Steph off, she's concentrating <laughs> on her wrestling at the moment. <laughs> I'm practicing me moves on as <laughs> she's in a leotard. It's all very strange. You've got to, you've got to be. What was it? You, you've got to be cross-fired. A, a, a body going across the. Oh, I forgot what it was. Now it was. <laughs> well, it's what you do, what you do every night. <laughs> really? She just puts me in chokeholds. Is that not wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> flying cross, flying up. cross bodies. That's what I was trying to say. I, oh, I, right. Well, I was going to say it is January, so we should be thinking about being a bit more sporty and a bit more active after that uh, Christmas slump of activity. Yeah, I suppose. I did more exercise mm. over Christmas, though, running around like the kitchen and <laughs> and you know get, getting all those bottles of booze and. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. on on that subject, has anyone made any New Year's resolutions? I'm doing dry Jan um, oh, because right. for the last two years it's um it's been really good, and I've began my it's a bit boring, but my intermittent fasting where you just eat between a window of time. Oh, a lot allotted time. Oh. Yeah, not, not, doing, not like five two then. I can't do that. That uh, sent me a little bit uh, over the edge. I can't cope with 500 calories a day. It's like <laughs> half a lettuce, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need it's carbs, very low, carbs, isn't it? Carbs. 500. Very, yeah. very low. They have yeah. put it up to 700 now, um, yeah. but that's uh, still not enough. That's for good me. of them. Mm. I know, right? <laughs> so that's my resolutions, and I have I have suggested getting back into hooping again. But um, well, I believe the original was um, a, a complete day where you did nothing. You, you ate nothing. Yes, it's supposed uh, you, to be five do... days and two days. Well, it was one on, one off. Oh, was right. the original? Yeah. Um, it was a doctor who brought in um, who brought in the five two um, and made it like a 
a huge thing in the celebrity world and I don't know if anybody mm. remembers when um, not that he invented fasting sorry but it was him that did the fight I don't know if you remember all those books that came out and all these um, celebrities talking about him Philip Schofield who's right. very trim anyway yeah. went on it and lost about three stone was there anything and, left um, of him no <laughs> <laughs> so he stopped <laughs> but Philip yeah, does that, like a gin if anyone follows him on Snapchat alright oh, okay um, Yes, he's a gin connoisseur. He does <laughs> commercials for gin companies, doesn't he, as well? Yeah. Well, that's probably why, then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. We're not going to cast dispersions on it. Oh, Terry! I do remember um, seeing that doctor who did the um, fasting um, study mm. and because she, she had three groups. She had one group that, that just got to do what they normally do and eat however they normally eat. And then she had two groups, one who ate healthily whenever they ate. So on their days they mm. ate, they had to do like, you know, low low fat, you know, oh. sa- salads and stuff like that. And then another group who could eat anything they liked, um, like fast foods and whatever. And apparently it made no difference whether you ate healthily or not. You still lost the weight. Oh, what, well, in the fasting hour? In the non-fasting hours? Yeah. Yes, that well, there is a massive science behind that because what you're doing is giving your body enough time to process all the um, all the foods that you've, you've eaten. So it gets rid of the energy, so to speak, rather than uh, turning it into fats mm. um, that, that linger. And so, they, found, um, they found that it actually um, cells started to regenerate and the like, which doesn't tend mm. to happen in the Western culture because we yeah. eat every day, but... And it was and something to do with the science yeah. behind the fact that, you know, if you go back to the kind of like caveman type times, we would have like killed an animal and had a big feast and then would yeah. have gone for days without anything mm-hmm. until we managed to do the same again. It's very fascinating, actually, and culturally it's really interesting um, because people um, within sort of British and American culture especially just don't like being hungry at all. So as soon as they get that gnawing feeling, they're like snagged. Yes. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm one of those. Um, really? I, I do love a snack. Never noticed. Yeah. <laughs> love a snack. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be healthy as well. But it's just what works for you, isn't it? If you want to carry on doing what you're best being doing, then do what you're best being doing. Mm. But uh, it yeah. won't work for me, so well, I'm going to do something else. Was that English or did you fall yeah. into a foreign language? I don't know then. what happened there. Yeah. They got me. I was expecting you to go a bit French then. It was like, you know. Oh, you had oh. enough of that on me. Uh, that was a good story, story as well, wasn't story, it? Yeah. 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 Yes, that was yeah. very good. Uh, I like yeah, all the of Yeah, the de Beaumont. Yeah. Um, of course, um, the, uh, the Beaumont is, um, the Beaumont Society is um, was created for cross-dressers and that in in the days when there were um, never, uh, never the twain shall meet of cross-dressers, transvestites and transsexuals. Mm. Mm. Um, 1966, and, uh, so, and the Beaumont, they date from. Well, the Beaumont Society is still going. Yes, yeah. um, Which was great to it see. Is. But does it take um, take its name from that person, though? Yes, yeah. All oh, right, yeah. cool. Yes, yeah. the Beaumont. Mm. Yeah, things have changed somewhat now and the terminology has absolutely changed. Yeah, Yeah, and has what I love about doing these queer stories is it educates me massively because I wouldn't generally, if I'm honest, sit down and and research somebody for several hours in one sitting. I would eat Mm. for several hours in one sitting, which is why I'm (laughs) fasting. (laughs) I I, I was going to say, there's there's plenty of interesting research you can do into people for several hours. It's really... Mm -hmm. uh, It depends on the person. Mm. Um, if, if you take one of one of our great heroes um, here, both both myself and Andy, we've got a great hero of Alan Turing. There is a lot of hours you can spend mm. 
doing research on on, on uh, Alan nice. and mm. and the work that he did because I, I know when I was at university I actually had to uh, read one of his papers um, as part of my university course so that was sort of started mm. my interest in all things Alan Turing Colossus and Bletchley Park and I believe his brother's written a book on him hasn't he no oh no, <laughs> that ended that. <laughs> Alan Turing? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, Alan Turing's brother. I didn't know he had a brother. He doesn't have a brother. No. Oh, okay. No, I'm just making, why I'm just testing. No, that's, no. See, that, that's you why think I, I've got it wrong. I'm testing your knowledge, Andy. I, Andy. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm looking a little bit perplexed because he doesn't have a brother. And, um, I just I think he's born, no, I'm, uh, born in 1912. A huge fan of Alan, Alan Turing. If there, if there was one guy, you know when people ask you that party question, you know, if you, if you could invite to dinner one person who's passed away and get them to come back for dinner, who would it be? Mine would be Alan Turing. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it, it would, he'd make for a really interesting dinner guest. Yeah, I, I do wonder actually how shy he would be. Yes, that's that's true. Because you know? he, he was a very shy person, a very, a very insular person, mm. um, who we would probably now say is probably on the autism spectrum. Yes, um, yes. Um, He's also on a £50 mm, note. He is indeed. And have you have you noticed that it's got noughts and ones? Yes. Um, on a light ribbon bit of it. It has. Um, you're going to tell me you know what it what, what the code is. Uh, I, as far as I'm, I'm aware, the code is his date of birth. I believe so, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that I've seen any notes at all since the beginning of COVID. Oh, I have to admit. <laughs> I, 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 see, I see the odd, the odd ten and the odd twenty, but it's not, it's not something uh, that we handle these days very much. Those no. things of paper money. Or the last, last one I saw was the fifty pound note I gave Jensen to take Steph off wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> You're determined to get me in a leotard, aren't you? Well, ac- according to Ez, you are. <laughs> Well, I mean, for your benefit, not not hers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is so funny because I was talking to somebody today about leotards, genuinely, because I was saying that um, there's still a lot of sports that are very sexist in regards to what they accept as uh, the clothing that the sports people wear. So female gymnasts have to just wear leotards, whereas the male gymnasts, or those who identify as male, are allowed to wear um, what I what the, what is called whites, which is very thin, smart dungarees, basically sporting oh. dungarees. Oh. But the women thought, aren't allowed, which is why I, th- I gave. I thought, gymnastics. I thought men who did gymnastics wore. I thought. Hang on, I meant uni- trampolining. Sorry, oh, sorry. Oh. circle trampolining. I'm thinking <laughs> that they wear a unitard, which is a, which is the same as a leotard, but has. Unitard, yeah, means yes. one. As legs, yeah. yes. Sorry, I was referring. I meant, yes. <laughs> I meant trampolini. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because until recently, tennis, uh, female tennis players had to wear skirts. That's only been over the last few years that they've been allowed mm. to wear anything mm. different. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always wondered me why, um, you know, things like sarongs haven't taken off with men. We we don't really. I mean, apart from the kilt, that's probably the only male piece of dress that is akin to a skirt isn't yes. it yeah and what's um, so wrong with you anyway <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yes. but it must it must be it must be um you know um a lot nicer in the summer when, when you're in something that light mm. well, david was, beckham did well on yeah quite yeah he did didn't yeah, he it was all over he the papers oh you see yeah. that's uh, yeah. but it shouldn't be it should be the no, norm i mean if a guy yeah. wants to wear a skirt why why shouldn't exactly. he well there, there, there are people that do that there's um i have seen online there's a guy in i think it's south africa who 
um, goes out to goes out to work in a full in, in a women's sort of business skirt with the men, uh, men's suit top on, yes. the, on the top. Yes, he's uh, now a famous model. I can't. Yeah, remember. I've seen uh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a very very interesting character because he do, he does it. He, he said, I, I think I read somewhere. He said he doesn't do it for it's not for the the, the thing about wearing women's clothes. It's just because he finds it more comfortable than mm. wearing um, trousers. Um, and there was was it X Factor or something? No, not X Factor. It's probably um, Britain's Got Talent. Where there, there was that group of um, dancers in high heels. Yes, yes. Um, that they the went drop, on to do. Which was yeah, amazing. and they they yeah. did like a bank advert or something. As I as I. Yeah, and then I there's Jaden Smith and Harry Styles um, and lots of other beautiful people that wear skirts and dresses all the time now, and I think should be celebrated. Yeah, no, I do. I, I totally uh, agree too. You know, mm. I, I do. I do. Um, yeah. I might get a sarong this summer, I think. Oh, please do. Please do. I'll, 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 I'll add, it, add it to my song string song. vest. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, we, 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 should, we should also include the fact that there are there are people of, of the female, uh, female gender that do wear um, dungarees or men's suits or, or, or other clothing that are non-gendered um, or right. that are, are, are of a male gender. Yeah. Um, it's not just one way or the other. I like dungarees. That's right. <coughs> no, I don't think I have any at the moment, actually. No. Uh, anyway, that's it for this week. As always, uh, there's loads more info uh, up on our website. Uh, check us out. Check it out. Catch up with our podcast at shadowradio.lgbt. I uh, guess what we're doing next week, folks, we're going back to the Roaring Twenties. Oh, gay times. From, um, from, yeah, well, back to Steph's era, isn't it? Um, so, from myself and Steph, and there's and Terry and Andy, <laughs> say bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Cheers, Bye-bye. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.